Blog Talk Radio. Time for the South Carolina High School Blitz on the SCVarsity.com radio network. football we got playoffs going on and we are in the third round of the South Carolina high school football playoffs I'm Jim Baxter with scvarsity.com you're on the South Carolina high school blitz and I am joined by my partner in the low country of South Carolina Richie Altman from Southern Sports Central Richie how you doing okay I think Richie dropped but we got a great show lined up tonight um Richie's going to join us for about 15 20 minutes he's at a banquet tonight so he is, uh, he's going to be tied up uh, after that. But um, got Casey Hintz from WPDE in the um, PD area. She covers the sports down there. She's a rock star. Um, got some uh, talking Hartsville and, and other uh, PD surprises from, from the year. Uh, Hartsville has a big game this week against Brooklyn Casey in the Midlands third round for 4A uh, lower state. And, um, then we'll have around 6.30, I believe, Mike Uva from uh, Watch Fox uh, will be joining us, and he's going to be talking with us um, about some things that have been going on with Great Collegiate and um, and the playoffs as well. We may even get into a little bit of realignment, and then Scott Early will be joining me at about 6.45 uh, to talk realignment. And I believe I got Richie back with us. Richie, you there? Yeah, hey, buddy, what's happening? Uh, not much. I was just uh, uh, telling everybody that you're down at a banquet, so you're going to be with us for the first 15, 20 minutes. But uh, I guess we'll just get right into it. Um, big surprises this week for you guys down in the Low Country. What what was what shocked you, and uh, what did you what did you expect? Um, yeah, I, I don't really know if there's any shocks out of it. I think everybody kind of held their own. Uh, of course, uh, uh, you you look at Oceanside; they're still rolling. They finally now have, have checked every box of anybody that's beaten them last year. Well Branch was the last team. They went up to Well Branch and played in a swamp, a lake, if you will. Comes back now to get to play against Woodland on Friday night. That's going to be up on uh, Highway 70 up in Dorchester County. That's a pretty big matchup. You won't hear as much about it because of the fact that, by the way, you have Fort Dorchester hosting Dutch Fork, and I know your thoughts and my thoughts on this one, but it's going to be a big one. Two heavyweights getting after it, undefeated teams, two great coaches, a lot of great playmakers all around the field Friday night over at the Fort. It's going to be a good one. Uh, and then, of course, I got to call the game with uh, Somerville and Goose Creek. Now, there's a lot of questions there. It, it was supposed to happen on Friday. Speculations on, on why it didn't happen. It's always going to be an asset by this one because it did not take place until Monday when it finally happened. You know, Goose Creek and Manny McQuamu ended up handing in like five different touchdowns, uh, whether it be on his arms or his legs. Uh, he threw the ball. He ran the ball. He did it. 
basically everything I thought he was going to do. Somerville just struggled a little bit to slow him down in the second half, but Somerville looked good in the first half, uh, in the first quarter and a half, if you will. But, you know, you, you got to give tip of the cap to that team over there on the other side of Goose Creek. If you're a Somerville guy, when it comes down to it, they adjusted well at the half and came back and beat Somerville 42-21. So I don't know if it's a, a prize or not, but they get three days to get ready for Carolina Force and uh, Mr. Garcia, who's uh, really not only throwing it, but he's running it as well. So not a pretty – a very good uh, quarterback matchup Friday night on the Grand Strand. Yeah, I think it will. I think, um, you know, Carolina Forrest has uh, played well this year. Mason um, is is one of the best quarterbacks in the state of South Carolina. I think I've got him at number two, number three. Uh, he, Luke Doty, and um, Olin Chuck from Dutch Fork are, are my top three guys. And, and you could really – I would not argue with anybody that wanted to put one at number one and the other two to follow. I mean, I, I personally think Olin Chuck is at the top, but – but anyway, that, that matchup between Goose Creek and, and um, Carolina Forest is going to be a good matchup. And I, I like uh, the fact that Carolina Forest, while they do have one of the top quarterbacks in the state and, and everybody thinks that they're going to throw all over you, you know, they went into a tough game this past week against River Bluff, who's a, a very strong ground uh, team. River Bluff's defense was able to shut down the passing game of Carolina Forest, I guess along with the weather as well, with some help from the weather. But it didn't seem to matter because Carolina Forest adapted. They ran the football. Mason uh, Garcia ran the ball as well as a running back. And um, they actually got it done with their ground game uh, and some defense um, last week. So it should be a great game. I'm looking forward to it. And um, actually looking forward to the rest of the games this week as well. Yeah, it should be a lot of good games. A lot of teams, a lot of separation. We're going to find out a lot about teams here. I think the first week it was a very depleted playoff. Too many teams getting in was below average, and it was below average uh, finishing the year off. But nevertheless, the weak teams kind of get weeded out. The strong teams get to stand out, and now we'll find out. Week three is kind of, you know, I think one of the biggest weekends, like it always is this time of year. Well, this actually, in my opinion, this should be round one. Uh, You know, if we went to a region winner, region runner-up situation, this would be it. This would be this would be round one of the playoffs. And if just look at the matchups we have. Now I'm going to touch on something that you certainly don't have to comment on it. But um, as I understand, you know you're down in the low country and you you know you have, you talk to these coaches and kids all the time. But my understanding, um, I'm going to touch on this Goose Creek Somerville um, situation and why the game was put off as long as it was, and, and they can say the weather. I, I tweeted out something the other day that, you know, when I hear somebody say Goose Creek postponed the game for weather and it was, you know, the, the gift of Shannon Sharp shaking his head, I don't believe it. Um, so what I've heard, and, I, and, and listen, I haven't confirmed this. This is um, – but I think it's a little bit more than rumor. Um, was that there was a player, and I won't mention the player, but there was a player that's an impactful player uh, for Goose Creek that um, was in an altercation and because of the incident was suspended for the game Friday. Um, then the weather helped out, you know, where they would, would be able to put the, you know, move the game to Saturday. And then of course, field conditions weren't any better if that truly was the case. And so they moved the, the game to Monday. But uh, if that was the case, Richie, if that's the case that they're, that they're, you know, postponing a game because they don't have, you know, one of their players that's an impact player for the team. Um, I, just, I just don't like that. It's not fair uh, to Somerville. 
it's not fair to every other kid on both those teams that 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 keeps their nose clean. Um, right. And I, what are your thoughts on that? I know you. I know you. I know without actually validating it, you can't really <laughs> comment on that incident. But hypothetically speaking, in a situation like this, what are your thoughts? Well, well, for me, I'll toe the line with this one pretty close. And you're right because I do have connections here to Low Country and what I do. Uh, I try to do as much as I can. Uh, to try to be upfront and honest. Even when I'm on the broadcast of Somerville and being the voice of Somerville, some people don't like it that I call it the way I see it, and that's just the way it is. But for me, here's the thing. And, again, I'm not going to give you the young man's name. I'm not going to give you anything more than what you just said. But here's the, at, at the end of the day, if there is a disciplinary action and you, have to, you feel that you need to sacrifice the entire team to push something back, because let's be honest, when that game was canceled on Friday, they knew. Everybody from here to Alaska knew it was going to rain. It was the Nor'eastern coming in on Saturday. They knew there was no way that thing was being played on Saturday. And it rained harder on Saturday than it did Thursday and Friday together. So if they were able to play on that field on Monday night, and that field wasn't in great shape, but it wasn't in bad shape. But I also went to Fort Dorchester's game Friday night. That field wasn't in great shape. So they prepared maybe better. Maybe there's a lesson to be learned over there. But I can tell you this, that I'm, I'm appalled if that's the situation that happened, if that's the way it did go down. Again, if we're moving things around because that one individual is a game changer, you know, shame on the individuals that let it happen. Now, again, it, it is what it is. And, and when the game is finally said and done, you still got to win the game that's there. You know, some of them had to do some things that didn't get done in their games. They didn't cover the way that they should have covered in the secondary. They were, you know, missed tackles and all of that. So, you know, when they did play, you know what, Somerville could have yeah, maybe done a little bit differently. But it would have been a completely different ball game Friday night had that player not been there. That's just the way it is. But, again, I don't know how it gave through because the information did reach out to social media. It was out because, listen, and kids, if you're listening into this show, everything you do is a right-now moment because of social media. It will go on Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat. Snapchat is the key word. And it will go on to Twitter immediately. So don't think for one minute like it was when Jim and I were growing up. You know, it took sometimes days to get out. This is an instant opportunity for somebody to be famous out of your mistakes. And, again, you know, it is what it is. If there's something to it, it is what it is. And, and I, you know, it would be the way it will be. But here's the thing. You pushed it back so far, Jim, that now you're not only taking those kids yesterday from Goose Creek and putting them in the training room to get healed because it was a very, very smash-mouth collision game Monday night, a great game. Goose Creek brought their A game. The coaches coached their tails off on both sides. And Goose Creek's got a heck of a ball team. But they lost not only the days of practice, but now they were really – honestly, they had today and tomorrow to get ready because you and I both know that first day after a ball game, man, it's a lot of taping up and a lot of bumps and bruises to get out of. Yeah, it is. And, you know, the, the other thing, I mean, when, when something like that happens, we're not talking about um, just being unfair to um, the, the kids that are playing in this game and, and – to Somerville, who, you know, prepared for this game. We're also talking about a little unfairness to the the waiting opponent. You know, Carolina right. Forest, on the other end, you know, they play their game on Friday night or Thursday night. They get they get it done, and uh, they're waiting to see who their opponent is, and they got to wait until Monday night, late Monday night. They can't really prepare for a specific opponent until Tuesday. And so they're in the same boat, you know, with three days to prepare you know, for, you know, for their opponent. So 
uh, you know, I just think it's, it's kind of a bad situation all the way around. One of the things we're going to get, get into a little bit later, Richie, and you may or may not be with us at that point, is the realignment. Um, some of the information came out on realignment. Um, they, just did, they do not have the numbers, but it appears that the way they're going to do the realignment this year, that they're going to try to get some balance in the numbers and um, do the um, reduce the 5A classification from 48 teams down to, you know, possibly 36 to 40 teams, uh, depending on – 36 teams and then maybe with the opportunity to move four one way or the other, up or down, uh, based on the numbers that they're close, uh, based on geography and, and those types of things. So it's going to be interesting. What they're going to do is uh, those teams will be going down um, when they split that class. And then in the 5A or in the 1A classification, they're going to go um, to 50 teams. And uh, right now there's uh, there's uh, 30-something teams in 1A, only 29 of them compete in football. So they're going to enlarge 5A, which may give us some better – uh, playoffs, but I was looking at the numbers. You know, one of the interesting things, and I'll get into this a little bit later for for everybody that's listening. But um, if they do this this separation, you're looking at um, in one A the disparity in numbers uh, from 94 to Calhoun Falls, okay, which is the smallest school uh, in one A uh, to 500 to about 500, which would be the larger school in one A. That's you're, we're still looking at a lot of disparity in the numbers, and, and I don't know that there's an answer to that. You know, we used to do the, the division in each classification, but I don't think that's the answer. I don't, I, and quite honestly, I don't know. If you look at the 5A classification, the way that they're talking about setting it up, uh, you're looking at possibly having teams with an enrollment of around 1,650, you know, 1,675, something like that all the way up to the largest school, which would be Wando to 4365. So there's another large disparity. I mean, you're talking, you're talking 2000 students uh, difference. And, you know, as, wow. I, as I, as, as I've mentioned before, the rule of 10, the 10% rule um, that makes a difference in, in this game. It really does. And so, and this is all talking just based on the numbers right now. We still don't know what's going to happen or if anything's going to happen with the competitive balance committee. And if, if they come to any kind of conclusion about what they're going to do. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely something that has got to happen. I mean, I, I you know, as much as I enjoy watching certain teams play football on Friday nights, some of these teams definitely struggle because of the size of their school. They feel that they can compete. That's not always the case. Look at stall. For example, Stahl got their first not only win since 2017, then turned around and got their first region win in the last couple of years here in 5A in, in the same region that Somerville, Fort Dorchester, and uh, Ashley Ridge is in, as well as West Ashley. But if you wonder if, if somehow they can look at this, and let's look at Oceanside, for example. Oceanside, while they don't have the size in the schoolhouse, they sure have the size on the football field. It's a complete flip-flop from that of Stahl, and I'm only comparing the two that I've seen and I know because I can honestly tell you the benefit that they'll get, Stahl would get, Jim, out of going down a few rankings. And the only reason they're not in 4A, honestly, and I think there's other schools that follow this lead, uh, I wouldn't say that Lugolf Elgin could be part, part, part of this as well, is because of traveling purposes. They didn't want these kids to travel two hours away to see you know, a, a game away, kind of like what you see West Virginia doing there in the Big 12. That's how it would have been for Stahl going down to Beaufort County and playing into that region. So, again, they have to really kind of maybe look at how we're doing things. And, again, you're seeing teams like Oceanside destroy teams in the 2A 
well, then there's got to be a system there that says, okay, well, we can at least let you get up to 4A, maybe not to 5A, but at least get up to a more of a competitive league and take these teams that are struggling so many years after years. And, again, you're losing kids because their interest isn't there. They're getting hurt. There's just so many negatives there that I think, honestly, with a new era, they need to look at a new system. Well, Stahl, in the last uh, realignment, um, had um, uh, about almost 1,500 students. And uh, so with the 1,500 students, that put them uh, right around um, – well, there's three schools. There were three schools in front of them that uh, would have stayed in 4A. Stahl moves up to 5A. I think with the, with the new realignment going to uh, 36 to 40 schools, you're going to see teams like Stahl that are going to drop because you're going to see – the low end of 5A being around 1,650 students, 1,675 students, depending on whether they take that extra four or take that or knock that extra four down. Um, Richie, we're coming up on a break. We're going to do about a 30-second break. I think we have uh, Casey Hintz online from WPDE, and um, she's a rock star. Can't wait to get her on here and talk about PD football. <laughs> and um, we will uh, be back right after this message from our sponsors. It's calling your taste buds. You know that delicious-looking landmark, that chocolate-dipped cone in the sky located in Triangle City, West Columbia. Under it, the legendary Zesto, where folks have come from miles around the last six decades to enjoy the absolute best Zesto burgers, sandwiches, homemade slaw dogs, and hot fudge sundaes. All fast and fresh and friendly. Open Monday through Saturday, 10 a.m. till 11 p.m. ZestoWestColumbia.com Welcome back in. Jim Baxter from SCVarsity.com on the South Carolina High School Blitz. I want to thank uh, Richie Altman from Southern Sports Central and the Low Country of South Carolina for joining me for the first 15 minutes of the show. Richie normally is with me the entire show, but he has got a football banquet that he's at right now and handing out trophies. So um, we'll uh, we'll see him on Sunday on Sunday Drive right now. Uh, I've got online from the PD area of South Carolina and WPDE, Casey Hintz. Uh, how you doing, Casey? I'm doing good. How are you? Doing good. I, I uh, first of all, thank you for being with us on your day off. I know that uh, of you know when, when we get a day off, we like to relax and rest and shop or whatever it is we have to take care of. So appreciate you taking time out of the schedule to chat with us a little bit about the PD football. Absolutely. And, and uh, I guess the first thing I wanted to get into was the Hartsville. Um, you, you were out there this week to check out Hartsville and Jeff Calabrese, a great friend of mine, one of the best coaches in the state, but they got a big game coming up. They're, they're traveling to the Midlands this week to take on Brooklyn Casey and, uh, just talk to us a, a couple of minutes about Hartsville. Tell us what uh, the people from the Midlands can expect, expect from them. Yeah, absolutely. Well, first of all, Jeff Calabrese, uh, obviously I've only been here about a year and a half and he's been fantastic to me. Always has, uh, I call them Calabrisisms because he always gives me, uh, gives me really good things out of the game, you know, like especially on Monday, you know, he said my team's still coming out to practice. So that's a good thing. Um, but that's kind of actually been really important from uh, the first part of the season is, uh, you know, they had to kind of almost transform this whole Hartsville team from coming to practice and learning how to be a Red Fox and learning to work hard and, 
and kind of becoming a team again because they lost so many seniors last year. And, of course, one of those roles uh, they had to fill was Tyon Evans. I'm sure many people are familiar with him. Um, and, you know, so they kind of had to, like I said, learn how to be a team, and they've kind of overcome, uh, you know, a lot of things. And and for me, the turning point of this Hartsville team was then when they, they, they took on Wilson and just completely dominated a team. I think Wilson was maybe ranked seventh in the state at the time. Um, and just dominated them 55-13 or something like that. And I asked Calabrese, I said, was that the turning point for you for this team? He said, you know, no, he doesn't really think there you know, was any turning point. Um, you know, but all of a sudden he looked at his watch on Monday and saw that it was November 18th, and, uh, and his team has definitely come a long way. So I think, you know, this group, uh, they Owen Taylor is a young quarterback. Um, he's finally found some connections as far as uh, – know some receivers uh, but really the, the run game has really picked up which I think uh, I had I'd spoken to a few parents um, you know a few weeks ago too and they were like man that run game you know that they need to get back to kind of what the Hartsville has been about and and they did they kind of got there and that, I feel like that's what's helped them get on this six game winning streak um, obviously I asked them about Brooklyn Casey as I was out there on Friday um, when I saw you there um, I said, you know, I didn't, I wasn't really familiar with that team, but it looked to me they a lot of running the ball. Was that because of the weather? You know, I'm not sure. Um, but he said, you know, no, that's that's a team that last year was finesse running the the ball, and and this year, you know, just more physical. So they know they've got to get off the blocks, if you will, and make plays if they're going to stay in this one. But uh, as you know, Jeff Calabrese, uh, somehow he always has his group ready. So. Yeah, he does. And I talked to Jeff. Jeff and I go back a long way. We're good friends. And, and I called him at the beginning of the year when, when they um, barely escaped South Florence. And I knew that South Florence was not going to be that great. Um, mm-hmm. my, I kind of raised my brows a little bit. And then they lose to Camden, who I know Camden's still in the playoffs. I know Camden's had a great year, but that, they didn't have any business losing to Camden. And um, right. I, I called Jeff and, and I said, hey, Jeff, I said, what what's going on down there? He said, we're just not very good. <laughs> you yeah. know, he said, you know, he got, he's got maybe four or five players that have played varsity football before and, and a very young football team. But uh, he's such a good coach, and he does such a good job with the kids. He, he got them, you know, where they need to be. And then he got them and developed them this year and matured them. And, and he's no longer playing with an inexperienced football team, and they're in a pretty mm-hmm. good situation. But, uh, yeah, Brooklyn yep. Casey game, I think, is going to be a, a really good game. I, I, I tell you – it scares me for Brooklyn Casey that their kicking game is so horrendous, um, and that's going to mm-hmm. hurt them against a team like Hartsville. Like but Hartsville, Casey, yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean, they're, they're just so strong. But, Casey, uh, talk a little bit about um, the PD area in general and your experience down there this year. What were the surprises for you this year um, uh, during the football season and going into the playoffs? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it was – well, there was a, a, I think there was a change in a lot of uh, some of the teams, uh, again, just because it, last year was my first year. Um, to me, it seemed like there – it just obviously a lot of seniors graduated from a lot of programs. Obviously, West Florence would be one of them. Um, you, as of last year, you know, they had Allen Ford, um, you know, Cooper Walsh, just some really good guys. And so it didn't really know what they were going to do. Um, and Coach Jennerette did a great job, uh, you know, with, with the guys that they had this year. Um, Lamar had a new coach. Uh, coach Wilkes has done an incredible job with them. I think I had, I saw you have Wagner Sally 
coming out of this one on Friday. Um, but, you know, I think they've, uh, he's done a really great job. I, uh, yeah, obviously I, they've just kind of breed winners out of Lamar, but, you know, they've also lost a lot. And so I thought to, so they see them, what they do, uh, or what they've done, you know, was a, was a good surprise. Um, and another one was Lakeview for me, just because it's hard because I only get to go to, you know, one game a week and it's usually my game of the week. And somehow because of the, the weather earlier in the season, I got to go to a lot of Lakeview games because they were on Mondays and Tuesdays. And Coach King had told me before the season as well, they have nobody. They didn't have, you know, all but two guys coming back that had, you know, really had varsity experience. And, and here they are, um, not big at all, um, but, you know, kind of doing what they've done as well. So a couple of the big, obviously coming out of 1A, those would be big surprises for me out of the PD area. And also yeah, you kind of surprised that – oh, sorry. No, you go ahead. Go ahead. I, I was say, I was a little surprised actually uh, that Wilson. Um, you know, I think they and it's hard, it's hard to say. You know where they where they were at in the middle of the season. Obviously, a lot of um, hype around them because they really do have a lot of talented players. Um, I think it was just a it was, it was a, a bad matchup for them against uh, Brooklyn Casey on Friday. So. Well, I think I think it was a bad matchup and a. Um, particularly due to the weather. I think that, you know, yeah. um, you know, the weather took away a lot of the things that they like to do and, and uh, Brooklyn Casey just thrives on that. I mean, they're, they're ground, you know, a ground team and, and, you know, this Brooklyn Casey team, for those in the PD area that don't know a lot about Brooklyn Casey, um, this is a team that's, you know, this is only their second year in 4A. And, and if you go back two years to when they were in 3A, they played for the, their last two years in, in 3A, they played for the lower state championship against Dillon and almost beat Dillon in one of those games. And so this is a pretty good football team, a well-coached team. And on your uh, about Lamar, um, I like Lamar. I think Lamar, and they've been at the, you know near the top of my polls all year in 1A. Um, but this Wagner-Sally team, um, I've, I've got uh, about four years ago on the high school school board show, we started having a guy from Wagner-Sally call us. And and he, and he was telling us that they had just kind of washed their hands of, you know, the what was going on over there and decided to start all their freshmen. They had 18 freshmen starting on that team four years ago. Well, those kids are seniors now. And um, oh, wow. they're four-year four starters. And that's why I like Wagner-Sally because they're, they're a dangerous team because they're senior-laden, senior a lot of experience, um, over half their team, three-fourths of their team has four years varsity experience, and I'm talking about starting experience. So I think it's going to be a pretty good game. Now, Lamar is Lamar. I mean, they're going to they're going to yeah. pose some problems. And I think, honestly, if Lamar comes into this game and plays good defense, then uh, we could see a very good football game, and Lamar could actually leave uh, with what would be considered an upset win uh, for them for on sure. the road. But uh, but uh, 1A in, in particular is just the football outside of the top, six or seven, five or six teams is just down right now. And a lot of it has to do with, you know, attrition. Um, I, I could go on. I, we could have a long conversation about oh, yeah. this case. I, I think the 1A yeah, schools. I think, in, we, I think we saw that right before the playoffs started. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, even and even, and even in the playoffs, when we have a Hemingway, an 0-10 Hemingway team mm-hmm. uh, hosting hosting a game. And, and, and I know there was a, a special situation, circumstance in that. But uh, at any rate, it was um, 1A football. 1A football has got to get better in South Carolina. And yep. 
I think I think one of the things we're going to see in the future, and it's probably going to affect some teams in your area, um, is you know the governor right now is throwing money at schools to consolidate, and I think we're going to see some right. of these smaller schools consolidating. But um, right. so you're you're coming, you're going to be up here Friday night watching the game, and um, yeah, it's going to be, be a good one. Well, t- Casey, tell people. It looks like. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, it looks like the weather is going to be a whole lot better, too. So that, that works uh, for me. I'm telling you, man. I hope it's not freezing, too, because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm yeah, getting no, to be an old man. Like <laughs> <laughs> so, Casey, tell people where they can find you and um, so they can they can look you up and follow your, your reports and all. Yeah, heck yeah. Um, well, of course, on Twitter. Uh, Casey Hintz on Twitter always. Um, and WPD, we try to post everything on our, our Facebook page as well. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm on Facebook as well, Casey, and some my person or my uh, professional page, excuse me. So always try to post everything on there as well. And well, definitely fantastic. looking forward to coming up back to Columbia. I'll be there for the Skiza state championship Saturday night also. So, okay. So you're going to be here for a few days. Well, listen, I appreciate you coming on. You guys do a fantastic job down there in the PD area. I, I keep up with your stuff all the time. That's how I keep up with the PD is, uh, I go to your stuff and, um, Brandon Dunn stuff and, all, all of the things that you guys post helps me keep up with the teams down in that area. So I appreciate what you do and uh, what you do for your community. Well, thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate it. All right. Uh, thank you. I look forward to talking to you again. All right. See you Friday. All right, everybody. That's Casey Hintz from WPDE uh, in the PD area. Those guys down there do a jam-up job of uh, – covering the sports down in that area. If you want to know anything about any of those teams down there, look them up on Twitter, go to their website, WPDE, and, um, you know, just check out, check out their coverage because they really do a great job. Um, we are going to take a short break. When we come back on the other side, I've got uh, Mike Uva from Watch Fox is going to be joining us, and we're going to talk about playoffs and possibly some realignment stuff, but he's uh, some things that he, he's been investigating this week involving one of the teams in the Midlands. We'll be right back after this. Score big your next tailgate with one of Maurice's barbecue party specials, like Maurice's rib special. Two pounds of pulled pork cooked low and slow. A full rack of fall-off-the-bone ribs. Three big pints of southern sides. Ten rolls, a gallon of tea, and 18 ounces of Maurice's signature sauce. Feed ten for about six bucks a person. Now that's tailgate. More at Maurice'sBarbecue.com. Their pits have been hot since 39. Go team! That great smoke taste is cooking up for you at Maurice's Biggie Park Barbecue. It's calling your taste buds. You know that delicious-looking landmark, that chocolate-dipped cone in the sky located in Triangle City, West Columbia. Under it, the legendary Zesto, where folks have come from miles around the last six decades to enjoy the absolute best Zesto burgers, sandwiches, homemade slaw dogs, and hot fudge sundaes. All fast and fresh and friendly. Open Monday through Saturday, 10 a.m. till 11 p.m. ZestoWestColumbia.com You're listening to Jim Baxter and South Carolina High School Blitz on the SC Varsity Radio Network.
All right, welcome back in to the South Carolina High School Blitz. Jim Baxter from scvarsity.com. Great show tonight. I want to thank uh, Casey Hintz from uh, the WPDE for coming on, joining us, talking to us about PD football and uh, Hartsville coming in to take on Brooklyn Casey this week. Uh, right now I'm joined by a good friend of mine, uh, Mike Ewell from Watch Fox here in Columbia. Mike, how are you doing? Doing good, Jim. Crazy to think that we're already at this time of the year, and it's uh, season always flies by, doesn't it? it? You know what? It seems like you, you and I saw each other um, at uh, one of the jamborees uh, in the preseason, and it seems like it was just a couple of weeks ago. And here we are in the third round yeah. of the playoffs. It's 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 unbelievable, and um, you know we we expected some of these teams to still be alive, and uh, as well as some of these teams that. Had a lot of question marks going into the year. So um, for them to be able to get to this point, now it's okay. Are they going to be able to get over the hump or are some of the teams that were projected to make it to the championship, are they going to be able to get it done as a lot of people expect them to do? Yeah, it, you know, the interesting thing to me, um, you know, for uh, that has taken place this year, if you look at the playoff situation right now, as we go into the third round, there's 32 teams left in the state playoffs today, and eight of them are from the Midlands. Now, you know, I believe if, if you had, if, had told anybody that eight of the Midlands teams would be remaining uh, in the state playoffs in the third round, I don't know how many people would have believed you. But uh, here we are. And, Mike, I think some of these teams have, have got a good shot at going all the way. Um, what are your thoughts what teams do you other listen? Let's go ahead and count Dutch Fork out of it, okay? Because we, we, I think we yeah. all pretty much agree that Dutch Fork's going to probably get to Columbia. But outside of Dutch Fork, which of the teams that are remaining in the Midlands do you think has the best chance of getting to a championship game? Not winning it, but just getting there. Well, looking at two way, great collegiate, they have the offensive power. There's no question about that. I remember watching them week zero against Gilbert and what looked like a basketball score between the two teams putting up that many points. Offensively, the system that they have, Hunter Helms is just a tremendous job of being able to orchestra that offense. Um, and I think the biggest question mark is their defense. Can they be able to hold a very high-powered Abbeville team to, uh, to minimum points? Because I feel like this is going to be a game that will be a shootout, no question about it. But will they be able to make a couple stops, especially crucial stops in the second half? Because there's a reason why Abbeville has been able to win as many championships in a row as they have these last couple of years. Yeah, I agree. I think, I think Gray is, is – I was talking to an Abbeville guy the other day. Um, I, don't, I don't think Abbeville has seen a team that is as explosive as Gray. Um, you know, no with um, O.D. OD Dollison and, and K.Z. Adams – are, are two of the most explosive offensive players in the state. Um, now, Abbeville uh, has played Southside Christian. Southside Christian, mm-hmm. I liken to Gray Collegiate, very similar football teams. I don't think Southside has um, quite the weapon that Gray has in Dollison at wide receiver, but uh, still a very good football team. So Abbeville has seen, um, you know, a high-potent passing attack uh, this year and actually um, – came away with a win in that game because of their defense. Uh, their defense being able to apply pressure to the quarterback and um, and picking some balls off. So uh, we'll see what happens. But I agree with you. I think Gray is, is going to, you know, has a possible possibility of causing some problems for Abbeville. Um, you know, you go up to the 3A class, the, the team that I think um, really has a good chance of getting a state championship 
is uh, Gilbert. Um, I like what they've done this year, oh, and I, I think I think they I think they may be the best team in 4A in the lower state right now. And they have one of the better quarterbacks, I'd say, in the, in the state. Because when you think of Gilbert, especially these last couple of years, you think, okay, run-heavy team. Well, even going back to that game we were just talking about, that, that great collegiate game in week zero, Tolan was able to show what he was capable of doing. And they have a lot of weapons, especially at the receiving core. They're not just a run team now. They're able to throw the football. Uh, their biggest question mark, and it's been the same story all season long for them, is their secondary. If their secondary can put it together – they're a very dangerous team. Um, that right now, I'd have to say, is their weak spot, is just being able to play consistently in the secondary. Uh, Great Collegiate was able to have their way with them week zero, and as the season's gone on, they have shown signs that is one of their weaknesses. But this is a team that doesn't have too many weaknesses, especially on the offensive side of the ball. No, you're, right. you're absolutely right. And you look, We move up to 4A, um, and you've got Brooklyn Casey, Airport, Ridgeview, all um, – left in the playoffs. I think Brooklyn Casey um, has got a tough game this week against Hartsville, but I do think if, if they cannot kill themselves with their kicking game, I think they can win this football game. Yeah, and it's amazing to look at what they've been able to do with Sharpie not even at the, at the helms of quarterback anymore because I thought at the beginning of the year, you know, with him not being there, the offense just looked a little little stale at times. It didn't look like they were hitting, hitting their stride like we know them to do in the past but their offense has been able to come together. Um, Ridgeview is a team, though, from a defensive standpoint, that if they can get things done offensively, that defense is so, so dominant. And uh, being able to see them a couple of weeks back against South Point, you know, I like what they're doing over there. I mean, Perry Parks has done a tremendous job with that program. Um, the last couple of years they've had issues, though, being able to, to make deep runs in the playoffs. But I feel like they have what it takes from a defensive standpoint to be able to do it. The question is, can their offense be able to keep up to it? Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think they're, but now offense has improved uh, from beginning of the season to this point, but I think their defense no is, is if their defense may, I, I think their defense is the best that's remaining in four upper state. And I think that that can get them there. I've, I've got them picked to beat Daniel tomorrow night. They're playing on Thursday night. And um, you know, if, if they do that, I think they've got a very good shot at going all the way. And just imagine if 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 Brooklyn Casey can get by Hartsville, I don't think oh, Airport's yeah. going to be. I don't think Airport's going to beat Myrtle Beach. I think I think we would end up seeing uh, the winner of Hartsville Brooklyn Casey uh, against Myrtle Beach. If Brooklyn Casey can get by those two games, we got an all Midlands 4A state championship if Ridgeview gets there. And I think that's the amazing part too. We, we and Jim, you've been doing this much longer than I have in this area. There's just so much talent here in the Midlands, okay? We are obviously know there's so much talent in this state, but the Midlands in particular. And I think it speaks volumes of what programs have been able to do here. You're seeing some of the schools like Brooklyn Casey. You're seeing some of the schools like River Buff. You're in, in terms of just the money that is going into these football programs and seeing the stadium, seeing the weight, uh, weight lifting facilities, you're seeing the difference. That makes a difference on the field, and that's why these players are being able to do what they're doing which is separating themselves, and that's why the Midlands, I, I truly believe, is being able to have as many teams at this point in the playoffs still remaining. Well, I, I agree with you. I mean, it's just it's amazing that, that we've got eight teams. And really, honestly, you know, we've, we've really got more teams than that. I mean, you look at Camden. You know, Camden, Camden is a, a team that could uh, – is certainly, in, at least in my eyes, considered in the Midlands. Saluda as well 
is a team that uh, I think is could be considered a Midlands football team. And quite honestly, yep. you know, Rich Spring Mineta is is a team that it, you know if we if we include uh, Batesburg Leesville in the Midlands, and you almost have to include Rich Spring Mineta in the Midlands, which would give us nine teams um, that are still in the third round of the playoffs. Um, Mike, I don't want to keep you. I promise you I wouldn't keep you too long. But before we go, I want to run through the Midlands matchups and uh, just get your take on, if you don't mind giving us your pick on what you think is going to happen in those games. I'll start with Dutch Fork at Fort Dorchester. Yeah, I mean, two schools that know each other pretty well at this time of the year for the playoffs. Obviously, it's not the same Fort D when you look at uh, who's under center. It's not Joiner like it's been the last two seasons. We know that. Dutch Fork has been the standard when you talk about not just 5A, but high school football in general in South Carolina. Um, their biggest thing is just being able to do, uh, be consistent. Be consistent. Don't turn the football over. Don't shoot yourself in the foot. Don't get penalties because at the end of the day, that's the only way they're going to lose a game uh, this weekend. Okay, in 4A, we got Ridgeview at Daniel, Airport at Myrtle Beach, and Brooklyn Casey hosting Hartsville. Which of those teams are going to advance? Oh boy. Uh, well, like I told, like I think we agreed upon Ridgeview. I think they're going to be moving yep. on this weekend. Uh, yeah. I'm going to I'm going to go for the uh, for the All Midlands uh, semifinals. I'm going to go with uh, Airport and BC. Wow. I'm going to go airport, for the upset. I tell you, Airport. I listen. It's possible if 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 Luke Doty doesn't play from Myrtle Beach. Well, and that's um, and that's what I'm and, leaning on, and I don't I don't know the full details of it. I mean, you might know more about it, but. Um, if Luke's not able to go, I, I'm sure he's going to do everything he can to be able to play. But if uh, if he's not looking like the way that everyone knows what he's capable of being, uh, I think Airport has a chance. Well, they got a chance, but they're going to have to get a repeat of their ground game from last week. They're going to have to have no uh, they're going to have to have Staley go over 200 again if if they're going to win in that game. Um, we talked about the Brooklyn Casey game. And uh, we'll go down to uh, Dylan at Gilbert because right now on hold, I've got the Gilbert head man. So we'll talk a little bit about Dylan at Gilbert and what your pick is on that one. I've been very high on Dylan. I haven't seen them in person as much. I've seen tape of them. Uh, but Gilbert, though, I, mean, I just remember watching, like we talked about, watching week zero, that offense. If they can just be able to get things figured out in the secondary, I think they're going to win this game. But I can see it coming down right to the final possession. Uh, but, man, I, I'm going I'm to go with Gilbert. I feel like that defense is going to find a way to, to figure it out tomorrow night. Yeah, I agree with you. I think Gilbert I, – I actually, I actually think Gilbert's going to play for a state championship this year. But, uh, listen, Mike, I appreciate you joining me tonight. Tell people where they can find you. Yeah, you can check us out on uh, Watch Fox. We have uh, high school football shows every Friday night. We're getting ready for basketball season. 11 p.m. Friday at, uh, on Watch Fox. And we also – do uh, 30 minute sports shows Sunday through Friday, so be able to check those out. Uh, 10:30, excuse me, 10:15 on Sunday and 11 o'clock Monday through Friday. How about your Twitter handle? Where can they find you on Twitter? Mike underscore UVA. All right, Mike, appreciate you joining us, man, and I look forward to seeing you Friday night. Oh, thanks for having me, Jim. Bro, thank you, Mike Uva from Watch Fox. Uh, uh, does a great job over there covering Midlands High School sports or Midlands sports in general. And um, joining us now on the phone is the head man from Gilbert High School. Your ears were probably burning because we talked about you a good bit just a few minutes ago. <laughs> Coach Chad Leapard, how you doing? Good, Jim. How are you? I'm doing great, man. I appreciate you taking some time out of your 
out of your uh, out of your life because I know that uh, foot, it's all football right now, and it, you know any time that you have with your family is precious time. So appreciate you giving us a few minutes of your time to talk about some football, and uh, I guess we'll just get right into it. The big game this week, sure. Dylan. Uh, Dylan coming in, uh, uh, high powered uh, uh, team with a lot of tradition. Uh, good quarterback, um, absolutely uh, stellar wide receiver that they've got in the junior. Um, and uh, tell us what what you've seen so far, and, and looking at the film, and and how you think you guys match up. And um, you know, n- not not give us your game plan, but but what do you what do you <laughs> think your team needs to do uh, to make sure that uh, they move on in the playoffs? Yeah, sure, Jim. Uh, first off, you know, Dylan is as good as they always are. They, you know, they, they got a bunch of uh, really good athletes down there. And Coach Hayes and, and his staff do a great job coaching those guys. You know, it's, it's, it's more than just having good players. They got great schemes and, and they're coached up. Uh, so that, that's what makes them so tough. They've, uh, you know, they, they've been the lower state champions, I think, every year since 2011. So, you know, they, they're experienced at this, at this point in the year and season and and these kind of games, so uh, that just makes them all the tougher. Um, you know, I do offensively for them. They're the kind of team that they can big play you uh, with the with the guys they got. The number nine, the receiver, the quarterback. At any moment, he can pull it and, and take it the distance. Uh, running back does a great job as well. Um, but that they can big play you. But here's the thing: their offensive line. A uh, bunch of big guys right there, and it just can lean on you and grind on you. They, they can play that game too. So if they want to just kind of grind you out, uh, they certainly got that capability. All that being said, uh, we we definitely uh, got our work cut out for us on on defense to, to slow those guys up. And basically, we we just got to find a way, you know, to get us some stops over the course of the game and, and slow them down uh, because their offense is very explosive. Um, and, and very good, and and I don't want to get a game too where they they play and keep away from us too. So it's, uh, that that's a big challenge for us, um, you know. And then defensively, they got Shrine Bowler outside linebacker uh, number five. Uh, he, he's an excellent uh, player there for them, uh, setting the edge and bringing pressure, and uh, that's going to be one of the key things for us is, is keeping uh, Jai Tolan clean. Uh, you know, our own line. Um, doesn't always get a lot of credit because we we all you hear about is Jai and our and our, and our receiving core and stuff, but they they really got their work cut out for them uh, this week to make it to make it happen, um, you know. And 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 Dylan's pretty good on the back half. They got some experience back there, um, you know. They they got some seasoned guys, and um, so it's definitely a big challenge for us here this week. Well, you've done a great job out there this year. Talk about. Um... So everybody knows Jai and uh, Tolan and, and what he's meant to this team this year. But talk about maybe some of your unsung players that have been big-time contributors for you this year. Well, you know, you look at our receiving core, and, and I think a lot of times people hear about Alec Holt. and He's got, you know, four uh, or five offers here and stuff, and he's made a bunch of big plays for us. But, uh, you know, in our receiving core, we got two other guys that one has over a thousand yards receiving, and then the, another is at 980. Uh, Matt Reed, number one, and uh, man, what a what a job he's done for us this year. He actually leads us in receptions and yards. And uh, and the thing about it is, he's he's probably one of our best uh, blockers on the perimeter as well. So just a kid that uh, can make the plays and, and catch the football, and make plays, but also willing to to do that dirty work that you got to have out there on the edge. Uh, you know, blocking. Um, 
and DeAndre Harris is kind of his other partner out there, number four, a uh, really fast kid that uh, also does a lot of dirty work. But here he sits, he has like 980 yards on the season. And um, both of those guys kind of go under the radar a little bit, I think, because of, you know, what all we have and what we do, um, you know. Um, and then, and then, like I said, too, our offensive line has, has done a uh, done a great job making a lot of this happen this year, too, that whole group of them up there. Um, you know, the Jack Leapart, uh, Will Harmon, uh, Logan Moyer, Austin Ross, um, Evan Myrick, those those five guys up there have been kind of unsung for us, too. Well, Coach, I, I'm looking forward to a great game, and um, I'm, I'm hoping that you guys are able to pull this thing out and move on to the next round. And, man, it would be exciting to see the Gilbert Indians playing for a state championship this year. But uh, best of luck to you. And, again, I, I thank you for uh, giving us some of your time. I know I know time with the family is precious during <laughs> football season. So. Sure. Well, I appreciate it, Jim. And this is a big game, big big game for our school and community. And um, so everybody's excited about it. And, and no problem at all giving you a call. So. Uh, I appreciate it, Coach. And uh, best of luck to you guys Friday night. All right. Thank you, Jim. All right, Coach uh, Chad Leapart from Gilbert uh, online with us. And uh, yep. Gilbert taking oh, wow. on Dillon this week. And now we've got Coach Scott Early, one of my good buddies from the upstate on. And, uh, Scott, how you doing? But before we get into – I want to talk about the realignment stuff. But before we get into that, I want to let you brag a little bit about your picks so far this in the playoffs. I, I just want you to give credit where credit's due. You, you called me to be on your show. I picked the entire 5A bracket, flawless, never missed a game. High school football's boring. We're all going to admit it. And you didn't let me discuss the 4A, 3A, 2A, 1A, but just so happened from 5A to 1A, I missed one game, which was Greenville BHP. I took BHP over Greenville. was the only game I missed. So I don't want to, you know, steal your thunder, but right now, I see all the stuff you post on social media. I'm actually ahead of you by six games. Oh, come on, man! I, listen, you had did you post your pick somewhere where we can look at them? No, you know I'm an honest guy. I just I just <laughs> told you my picks. But I, 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 I'm, I'm working for I'm six years from retirement, so I'm working I, for the afterlife of just being an analyst of high school football. Hey, there you go. Well, well, you're already an analyst. You've been an analyst for a while. I mean, you, you. I mean, any any coach ought to be an analyst, right? I, I'm I'm just messing with you, bro. I'm just saying, like, just just give me my props. You haven't given me any since we talked, and then I'm satisfied. Oh, just, it's all good. I, yeah, I gave them to you. I said, let can't come on, let you brag, man. You you picked them, and uh, now yeah, I can't five, see. I, five, I, five well, I'm eight boring. We, uh, here's the one I'm gonna put you on spot on. Okay, we won't. I won't ask I, you all your picks this week. But this was one that was discussed today on our show. Gaffney and Burns. Okay. So, Gaffney shows up in a good mood and pulls off the upset. Dorman beats the Cinderella easy, and it's Gaffney and Dorman to see who goes and plays the GOAT and finishes second. Yeah, I, and I told somebody today, I think if the Gaffney team that, that showed up last week shows up this week, Burns is going down. I, I, I agree yep. with you. But but you and yep. I both know there's also a Mr. Hyde on that Jekyll and Hyde personality for Gaffney. 
And that, uh, that is true. That, that's so, true. Um, so realignment. Um, there's some information out today on the realignment, uh, Scott. And you know, it looked like um, you know they're they're wanting to downsize the class five A um, to 36 teams, possibly 40, possibly 32. You know, depending on on uh, plus four, plus not, yeah. yeah, plus four, minus four, um, yeah. and then increase the one A you know, up to 50, um, with another plus four minus four. Um, so what are your thoughts on that? Because, and, and I'm, I'm just basing this off of last, the last realignment numbers, but that looks like it, at the 5A level, you're still going to have anywhere from a, a, a school enrollment of 1,650 students up to 4,300 with Wando, um, as the largest school right now. Um, that's still a great deal of disparity at the 5A, um, even after you push those other schools down, which incidentally, it looks like, obviously, it looks like Westside would go down to 4A if that's the case. Is that is that right? Well, I, I don't know. I'm just looking, but I got us at 35 out of 36 and then the plus minus. But, you know, the thing is, what people don't realize is South Carolina is a small state. So travel is irrelevant compared to what happens in the rest of the country. And the number discrepancy and the influx of uh, private versus um, academies or whatever is the plus minus theory of, if, you know, I, I just think that you take, you take your attendance area, how many people's in your attendance area, how many people attend your school outside of your attendance area, and you multiply by two, you take the top 15%, make them five, take the bottom 15%, make them one, and then the, the small discrepancy in the numbers in four, three, two, and one should mathematically work out. But, you know, I mean, what do I know? I'm like you. I'm like just an outside person looking in. But there, there's a better way to do this, and until you do this, High school football in the playoffs is going to, for the most part, be boring because yeah. it's a it's an ethnic mismatch in numbers. So, well, well, you know, if if and I was talking about this today on the halftime show on uh, 107.5, you know, if if we went to the playoff system to only allow region winner and region runner up in, this would be the first round. What we're looking at this week would be the first round, and what great matchups we have, you know. Cur- Correct. Correct. No, no doubt. So, You're exactly right. So, I think now let's go talk about one A for just a second. Um, based on the la- the last set of numbers, um, you'd be looking at something like a Calhoun Falls school that's got ninety four an enrollment of ninety four students. Um, and the largest 1A school at that point would be somewhere in the neighborhood of 500. Well, even that's a pretty big disparity in numbers. So I don't know if – I agree with you. I mean, the way they're doing it right now is really not I, – I just don't think is the best way to do it. No, no, and everybody has an opinion. But if we're going to let the outliers of, of private charter, uh, IMG of South Carolina be involved in this, then Georgia, again, has a great solution. There's a multiplier, and it, and it evens the field. It, it de- decreases the discrepancy in numbers, and then you just take the top two and 
the it's it, it's it's almost like the, it's almost like the BCS the the best of the best with in their classification by numbers end up playing in the end and that's ultimately what everybody wants is to not be treated unfair unjustified and the best of the best wins in the end but I, I don't know that we ever get to that point. Well, you know, they talk about competitive balance. I keep hearing that term, competitive balance, competitive balance. And I'm looking at the numbers that, that I drew up today. Just listen to this. So 94 to 500, you got a disparity of about 400 there. In 2A, if we go to this new one, it's going to be a, approximately 500 to 800 in 2A. That's not bad. That's 300 right. students. Um, it, you're looking at about 890 to 1100 in 3A. I mean, that's that's only a couple of hundred students. The 4A is a little right. a little bit more. I mean, 11, it's 1150, 1175 to, to about about 1500 and something students. So a little bit more there, around 400. But 5A remains, you know, 2000. There's a disparity of 2000, and that's huge when you go by the rule of 10, the 10% rule that we've talked about before. On how many players are in your school based on enrollment number? How many of them are great players based on enrollment numbers? Uh, you know, how can a team that's got 1,600 students compete with the schools that have 4,000 and 3,800? It's just, it's crazy. Well, pe- people talk about, you know, quantity over quality. But I can tell you, when you get to the third and fourth round and you're dressing out 43 and they're dressing out 95, the attrition rate takes place in the fourth quarter. And being in a small state, it's hard to – regulate that but if you go to top 15 bottom 15 and do the multipliers on all the outliers you at least have a it's not a end all to be all best system but it's better than what we have now yeah i agree well scott before i let you go uh i want of the of the games that we've got this week give me an upset have you got an upset pick other than gaffney burns we already talked about gaffney burns well, I think, first of all, we need to clarify that this has become personal. Like, you know, Jim Baxter <laughs> versus Scott Early in high school football. So so let, let me put you on the hot seat and say we've okay. already decided what the, what the only upset could be in 5A. What's intriguing is what could be the upset in 4A and 3A. So let me let you go first since this is your show and I will combat what you say. Well, I think there's a couple of, of games in 4A that could be upsets. But the one that I think is going to be an upset is I'm taking Ridgeview over Daniel tomorrow night. Um, they're playing on Thursday Jim, night. I hate when we agree. I, I hate when we agree. That's my pick, too. Let's, <laughs> let's do something when we disagree. Ridgeview okay, upsets that. Okay. How about Hartsville at Brooklyn Casey? I am so glad you said that because Hartsville, Myrtle Beach are the perennial powerhouses, but this year, BC is the underdog with the validity of great personnel, and I think BC upsets Hartsville. And again, we agree, so can, can we, we agree can we come to something we, got, we disagree we gotta, on? We got to find we get down to one okay. thing to disagree on something. Right, let's. I tell you what. We'll do one more five A that we didn't talk about because I think this might be one. Maybe we we talk about Goose Creek at Carolina Forest. Okay, great. Go- 
Garcia goes to Goose Creek and wins. Okay, and I see I took Goose Creek in that, so that's the one we that's the one we don't agree on. So. Okay, that's good. But but I but I'm up six, so even if I lose, I'm still up five. But you know, you're the procrastinator, and I'm just the high school football coach. That's right. That's right. You just you're just the head football coach. That's all. <laughs> that's all. Nothing more. Nothing less. Hey, but but you're a heck of a fisherman, though. Well, they ain't biting right now, but you know when they are, I'm okay. All right. Well, listen, man, I, I, as always, I appreciate you being on the show. Very entertaining, and uh, we always have some good conversations. And we'll compare our picks, um, I guess, uh, Saturday, as, uh, long, as long as nobody feels like they can't play until Monday again. Um, and, uh, exactly. Yeah, we'll see, we'll see uh, who, who wins this thing out. But uh, we didn't go through the other picks, so maybe, maybe I'll send you an email of all my – well, you got my picks. They're on Twitter. You send me something with all your picks, and we'll compare them on uh, Saturday, Sunday, something like that. We will, but I don't do social media. I just do reality, and I just think at some point, as, as many times I come on your show, I deserve a little, just a little bit of credit. Not to mean, <laughs> okay, me all right. I, but I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. I mean, I know if you if you lose one that you didn't pick, you'll tell me. You'll tell me. <laughs> That's right. That's right. But, uh, but, but, all right, man, but look, in, yeah. in reality, thank you for – what you do for high school football, the kids in the state, and uh, good luck to everybody in the playoffs. It's a special time of the year, special time of season, and hopefully, you know, next year the high school league will come closer to getting this right where it can be even more competitive and more intriguing to all. So thank you for all you do and your opinion. All right. I, I appreciate it, Scott, and thank you, for, thank you for taking time out of your schedule to join us. Okay, man. All I right. appreciate it. Thank all you. Right. All right, that is going to just about wrap it up. Scott Early uh, from Westside High School. Scott and I go back a long way. Scott, Scott's been all over the, the state uh, coaching, and, and he's one of the best out there. And always entertaining to have him on the show with me. Big thank you to Richie Altman for joining me in the uh, first 15 minutes. Um, Casey Hintz from WPDE and Mike Huber from Watch Fox. I'm Jim Baxter from SCVarsity.com. I will see you on Sunday night with the Sunday Drive. Be safe.